1: Welcome to Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob, the podcast where we argue about something one of us is totally obsessed with.
0: And the other has never even seen. I'm Emily Jones. And I'm Eric Johnson. If this is your first time listening, you can find more Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob at gvnpodcast.com.
1: And you can also find all of our past episodes on iTunes.
0: Today, we're watching The Third Man, a classic film noir starring Orson Welles and Joseph Cotton. I am already excited about this. Right? Set in 1940s Vienna, following the devastation of World War II, the movie follows an American mystery novelist determined to get to the bottom of his friend's death. But the truth might be more than he can stomach. I don't know the truth either, though, because I've never seen it.
1: Which is so sad because, oh my god. It also has, like, the best soundtrack. Or not soundtrack, but, like, the music is really distinctive and wonderful
0: yeah well I mean the, the thing that that really I'm curious about here is like I've vaguely heard of this movie but like not in the same way that I've heard about you know some of these really big classics that I've never seen you know like yeah like, like there I don't know. we
1: have others on our list like like the big sleep and and right. um you know I don't even know key Largo or something that you've probably heard people gush about a lot
0: exactly this one i've only heard you gush about but like after reading that description i'm like so, so good in. <laughs> like like yeah i'm looking at the list here you know i've never seen sound of music or goodfellas or you know stuff like that that, that are much much more well known but the, this one i'm like earnestly personally are, are, i'm already in it's, so <laughs> I
1: can't wait and, for you to uh, see it, and I'm super jealous because um, at the time that we're recording this, probably not by the time that it releases. Although it is going on for several months, but I, I, they've 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 released some kind of like new remastered version or something. Um, okay, that uh, it's actually playing in theaters at the moment um around the country. Not theaters in places like Savannah, Georgia. We don't tend to get those kinds of like special releases of movies. <laughs> but you live in San Francisco, so you're gonna get to see it in a movie theater.
0: Yay, cities. So wait, this is the special edition with Jar Jar Banks, is that how it works? Or uh, you know Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering what yes. the special what, what, what the remastered I, I
1: mean I think it's just like a new I, I don't know. Who knows? Who okay. knows if that's ever even real. They just like they're making a big deal out of it.
0: Well but I'm going to go find out I'm going to go find out right now.
1: If, like me, and unlike Eric, you do not have access to a movie theater that's playing The Third Man, where you can see it on a nice big screen, not to worry, you can rent it on lots of online venues like YouTube, iTunes, Voodoo, Google Play. Just make sure you watch it before you continue listening to this podcast. As always, Eric and I are about to spoil the whole movie, all its twists and turns and its little surprises, of which there are quite a few in The Third Man. So make sure you watch the movie, enjoy it, and then come back to hear what we thought.
0: And we're back. Uh, A couple days have passed since we recorded that intro, but shortly after we did, we both watched The Third Man. Uh, As discussed, I was actually able to find a real movie theater in which to watch this movie. Which
1: is so unfair. I have never seen it in theaters and had to watch it on my puny TV, like I always do.
0: (laughs) Well, the solution is obviously you should buy a bigger TV. That's not my problem, but... (sighs) Okay, I'm not
1: going to buy a TV the size of a movie screen, Eric. Oh, I have the biggest yourself. TV that I can have.
0: All right, all right. So anyway, so I saw it in a movie theater. Emily watched it at home on her puny little TV. We both watched hey. it, though, just after recording that intro. A couple of days have passed, uh, dealt with real-life stuff. Now we are back in <sighs> podcast land. So... Real-life. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I know. It's ridiculous. Um, let's talk about this movie, Emily. Uh, before we get to what I thought of The Third Man, tell us something that you like about it.
1: Okay. Um, this is going to sound like a weird cop-out answer, um, but bear with me. Okay. I just really like the way that it's made.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: um, I'm not, you know, and there's a lot of things I like about it. I think it's a fantastic movie with a great, interesting plot, good characters, good acting. It's just a lot of fun to me, um, but... I, I'm not usually a person who's I'm not like I'm not despite all the movies that I watch and and having lots of opinions about movies I'm not like a I'm not like a film buff. I'm not like a cinema buff you know I'm not cinema somebody buff. who I, I, I'm I like not... the
0: intonation of that cinema buff <laughs>
1: exactly and that's how I mean it you know I'm not somebody who's like analyzing camera angles mm. and you know that style is really like influenced that director and blah 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 this is clearly stolen from some Italian you know art house cinema maker or whatever like that's not me but like that's kind of one of the things that i really like about this movie um is i feel like it's like like 90 percent of the camera angles are like super slanted you know everything's kind of like crooked and messed up that's and a the dutch of... angle the use of the use of shadow is like really great which obviously is like literally what film noir is named for but like <laughs> it's done really really well in this movie i mean just as like the prime example but there are many is that scene when you first see orson welles character harry Lyme, i mean could that be any better and it's like <laughs> Now, I don't know. Obviously, I know what's happening when it's happening. I don't know how much, how quickly you figured it out. Probably. I, I don't know when you, you're going to have to tell us when you figured it out. But like the way that it's like you meet the cat and you find out that the cat liked Harry. And then, you know, you see the cat on the anonymous shoes. And it's like this like suspense building and and, you know, drunk Joseph Cotton is yelling at him.
0: What kind of a spy do you think you are, Satchel Foot? What are you tailing me for?
1: The light finally shines on his face, and, and it's just, again, it's just this perfect use of light and shadow. And
0: How bright just, was that apartment light? That was a really bright light coming from that window in order it was to illuminate really his whole body.
1: It was a really dark street, though.
0: All right, all right. Yeah, fair. And um, also movies. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> and
1: if I'm allowed to say two things, another thing that I like from a completely different landscape, and is really not why I like keep going back and watching this movie, but it's another thing that I like is... Um, the post-war devastation of Vienna. Um, you know, that's, that's something, um, I'm aware of as, as like a student of history. And I guess people, people are aware of and are more aware of now, I think than, than maybe uh, used to be. Um, but yeah, man, like world war two, seriously fucked up Europe. And like the way that like the whole, um, the way that the, the, all the movie happens in this city. That's like, I mean, they're trying to have culture, but they can't really, you know, because it's all... The city's all divided up, and their chase scenes happen on these, like, buildings that were clearly bombed, and, like, you know, all of this kind of stuff. It's, like, a combination of, like, a an important time capsule, kind of, and also... um I don't know. They they also use it to great effect, I think, in, in the movie in, in setting up this environment. You know, it's not just it's not just shady cops and shady people and, and, you know, general film noirishness. It's also like sort of a sort of a higher stakes and grimmer reality, I guess. Yeah. So that's me. What about <laughs> you? <laughs>
0: Uh, am I in this podcast too? I wasn't sure if I was. I was hey, in this one.
1: <laughs> I'm allowed to offer my opinion. That's the whole idea.
0: Well, uh, as you might expect, I hated this movie. I thought it was awful. It was really mm. just I unwatchably was you might. bad. Yeah, no, I love this. This this was such yes! a good movie,
1: <laughs> right? And is the soundtrack also not phenomenal? Yes, that was the, the first the thing score. I wanted to talk
0: about. Okay, so going into the movie, I knew this was film noir. I knew there was be some obviously element of mystery. Uh, but right off the bat, when you get—is it called the zither? Like the, that instrument mm-hmm. that, that they're playing. I don't know
1: how it's pronounced, but yeah. It the guy is literally in the credits.
0: Yeah, exactly. It says like <laughs> zither player, whatever. Uh, where where the that the the credits ever the, the the strings vibrating and you get this music which is just like jaw droppingly great. Just I I love the theme for this movie. I mean, I think you maybe primed me a little bit. You told me you at advance I you liked the music, but. Independently, I loved the music for this movie and I loved right. the fact that it ran counter to my expectations of the, what the movie was going to be because it was this sort of weirdly upbeat and yet at the same time not out of place music. So I I just adored I, that.
1: Yeah, I podcast listeners, we've told you before that we do this over video chat cuz we're on opposite <laughs> coasts and so I there isn't really there isn't really an an audible way for me to convey to you how vigorously I'm nodding into my webcam. She was right very now.
0: Vigorously nodding. Yeah.
1: Um, uh, that's ex- that is exactly, and you know, when at the right moment, you know, it it, it does do that kind of like like j- jarring, right. jangling sound. But but for the most part, yeah, it's this like it's this like quaint. Quaint European village street music that you would expect to go along with, like, a cute love story with the the, the girl at the flower exactly. market who falls in love with it, you know, not like this, like, dark. T- it's ah. It's <laughs> well, such good music.
0: And, and to your point about just the, the ruins of Vienna and all this, first off, I'm very glad they had the little prologue in there where the narrator is kind of explaining how the police in this town work. Maybe that was better yeah. known at the time, but I'm yeah, very no, glad. I- I yeah. didn't.
1: I only know that because of this movie. Like right. that, would you know. Have been I mean, super confusing. You,
0: you know, the the fact the fact that it has the four different countries and the centers. There's this. I'm very thankful for that. Um, but uh, good job, narrator. I think same thing with the music as just the setting of the movie is sort of this this discordant contrast of beauty and like these like you know these jarring moments of where they're they're passing through at one point. I think when they're going to. Uh, the the, the um, apartment of uh, I'm blanking on the character's name the the, the woman who who dated Harry Lime. Um, what's what's that character's Anna, name? Maybe Anna. I, I I don't know. When they're going to her apartment, See, normally normally through... we're
1: really good at remembering character names because we literally just watched the movie moments ago, and we're we're yeah. we're showing our brain capacity here.
0: <laughs> yes, I, I'm I'm like I'm like the dog and up. I, I get distracted. At the the slight drop of a squirrel. Um. So, um. anyway, they're going to her apartment. Yes, and, it's like, Anna Schmidt. Anna. They're going to Anna's apartment, where the one where her landlord is, like, the crazy lady with the blanket over her shoulders. And, like, they pass through this incredibly opulent, like, room with these, like, gorgeous marble columns, but it's immediately preceded by, like, this, you know, completely drab, you know, clearly bombed out, you know, wooden wreckage. Um Yeah. Which I just I, the contrast of that may, maybe it's not you know it's may, not not the most subtle thing in the world but I thought that was that was so perfectly done and so perfectly in line with it, it's using the the real world setting to the movies the, the to the plots advantage you know
1: yeah and who needs subtlety when it's just so good
0: <laughs> <laughs> they should have put that on the poster <laughs> obviously um, and then to your your question about uh, Orson Welles I actually wanted to uh, talk about that. I kind of wish, and I know that obviously the movie would have to deal with it one way or the other, but I kind of wish it had been more of a surprise that Orson Welles was A, in this, and B, who he was. Like, he's on, like, if you go to the IMDb page, he's the only character on the the, the, the poster or whatever. yeah, And he's top billed along with Joseph Cotton. So it's very clear early on he's going to be a major character alongside joseph cotton and the farther i got into the movie the more it was kind of even before all the cat or any of that i was kind of thinking like he's probably harry and harry's probably not dead you know just knowing that we didn't see that we didn't see the body getting buried and knowing that orson welles was going to be a prominent part of the picture it kind of you know that's really where i put it together you know
1: Yeah, there's a couple. You know, we wouldn't have known that in 1949. We wouldn't have had IMDb. Although he probably would have been top billed. No, I mean, and And then the other thing is the other thing is you know, in terms of movie conventions too. Today, if this movie were made today, they wouldn't have put. They wouldn't have put acting credits at the beginning
0: that's true that's very because that's
1: because that's an option that you have now you can kind of do whatever the hell you want and and they really didn't do ending credits in 1949 you know like think about movies like this have you ever seen ending credits it's always like the full credits with the costumers and all of those set people that you really don't want to sit through before the movie actually starts right at the beginning you know <laughs> no the, offense to all of those people who well, are also, wonderful and make smaller. movie magic happen
0: can you imagine having to sit through modern credits with like oh my literally God, so a thousand long. digital effects artists? Like, like, have you, <laughs> like I've sat through several the credits of several Marvel movies, waiting for the fucking two minute bonus waiting scene for or whatever at the sequence. end, as just the gigantic block filling up an entire movie screen of just digital effects artists. Like, I'm so glad yeah. the credits are at the end now. Sorry to those artists whose names I don't actually read. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah. So Orson Welles. Like, it's, I kind of feel like. Um, I think Statue of Eliminations has expired. It's pretty safe to spoil Psycho, right? For people who who haven't haven't seen Psycho at this point.
1: Yeah, I don't think that that counts as a spoiler
0: anymore. Like the fact that the 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 top. We're about Dota to spoil actress, Psycho, guys. Yes the top boat actors in psycho gets off in the first third of the movie like that, right, that's it's a
1: big surprise
0: right which which at the time i mean and now everyone knows it so that's why i don't feel i'm kind of nonchalant about spoiling it but if they had had done something like that where just like you know you're watching this movie with joseph Cutt, and all of a sudden holy shit is that orson wells you know i feel like the impact would have would have would have been greater you know
1: yeah i agree
0: um. but Anyway, that's it's a quibble. I think they still did a good job with it. Is it he, and the thing is, he he's such a great. I mean, he and Cotton, obviously from Citizen Kane, have such a great interplay, uh, and he's such such a great addition to that, the story.
1: Just that look <laughs> in that first shot when you first see him. Yeah. Ugh. Well, and I, he's so like jovially menacing.
0: Yes, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, jovially menacing. But I guess even even more than that look, the, the Ferris wheel scene, like that, <sighs> right? that, that as much as I love Citizen Kane, that might be the best acting I've ever seen Orson Welles do. Like, that scene where, and it's Cotton's credit too, because the two of them have this perfect um, timing between one yeah. another, this this perfect timing where they're talking over one another in just the right measures, and they're interrupting each other in ways that feel completely... It sounds like real
1: conversation, yeah. A
0: real conversation, and but when, where they're still throughout, they're not filling it with, with you know, with, with empty noises. It's a real conversation, but on a heightened, you know, movie level yeah. where every word matters, and everything is like, oh, oh my god, is he going to push him out of this Ferris wheel, you know? Yeah, I love that scene. Yeah,
1: and I and that that's also like I mean, as a combination of like, of like, a character viewpoint thesis, but also like, I feel like something that that ends up being in play without being so explicitly laid out for a lot of characters and a lot of people. Yeah, um, is that that thing that he says? Down there, would you really feel any pity if one of those dots stopped moving forever? If I offered you 20,000 pounds for every dot that stopped, would you really, old man, tell me to keep my money? Or would you calculate how many dots you could afford to spare? Free of income tax only.
0: Free of income
1: tax. It's, again, it perfectly sums up his character and, like, what his character's in it for. But I also, like, that's one of those lines from movies that I find myself... Bringing up and then over explaining because people haven't seen the movie, which like defeats the purpose of referencing the line. I realize people who know me in real life that hear me do this on a daily basis. But like I it's it. That's one of those lines that I, I find myself explaining the movie for the purpose of quoting that line. That is <laughs> that is
0: me with the room about every other week. <laughs> Um, that's it's, a, it's that's a,
1: a little harder to it's like there's this movie it's ridiculous and terrible but also great but because it's terrible and this thing happens
0: yeah. <laughs> and I've seen it 11 times now I counted recently that's, uh, that's a lot yeah. I
1: have not seen it 11 times I have to say
0: anyway um so back to this movie Unless, which is much I, better I than the room have
1: i seen this 11 there's a chance i've seen this that many times <laughs>
0: um so with 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 this movie uh another thing this is a small thing but something that i love when movies do and really not enough movies do this is people speaking in their own languages without subtitles um yeah. the, the most famous example of this I think a better known than this movie example that ever, everyone knows is the Godfather part 1 the scene in the diner where they're talking in Italian uh, mm-hmm. and but this one just because of the multicultural post-war scene of Venice or, or of Vienna rather I feel like it does it maybe even better just because you have several characters in several languages and the language barrier being part, yeah, part of the Yeah and the, the plot. whole
1: thing is is your Not entirely, but you're kind of taking Joseph. You 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 kind of are Joseph Cotton's character. You know, you have it from his viewpoint. Right. So like you're confused when he's confused. You know exactly as much as he knows. Speaking of which, um, what do you what do you think of his character?
0: I I really liked it. Um, but I also kind of feel like. I'm assuming a lot of the westerns do have like mystery, yeah, elements probably. Of, you know, who shot the sheriff? You know, that gunslinging sort of thing.
1: nonsense and stuff. But yeah. I, um, I do like. I think one of the things I like it almost it almost frustrates me that he ends up being right that the police didn't dig right. deep enough because because one of the things I like so much is how how much of the movie he spends being wrong. <laughs> he spends so much of the movie being this bombastic American coming in and throwing his weight around and like. I mean, yes, he's right that, like, something's a little fishy. And he's right to to dig deeper and discover, ultimately, that Harry's alive. But, like, about 90% of it, though, like... He's kind of wrong. I mean, all right. of the people who live in Vienna and are used to the system, you know, you can see in in her eyes, for instance, in Anna's eyes, and, and her and her behavior, her whole mannerism. She's so scared because she knows that her documents are false, and she's scared. She doesn't want to, and and you know, she's completely right. She's she's mm-hmm. scared of the police. She lives in the system. She knows what it's like. And He's like parachuting
0: he, in and sort exactly, of exactly like yeah. big
1: like big Mister big Mister <laughs> Western cowboy, and it's like. I don't know. I kind of love I kind of love that this movie, especially for the era, which I think was um, often a little more, well, John Wayne <laughs> to have to have, you know, the the quote unquote cowboy end up being like wrong to be a cowboy because you can't right. be a cowboy in post-war Vienna.
0: Yeah, exactly. There's, I, mean, I mean, until
1: you're a little bit right about it. <laughs>
0: Yeah the movie maybe doesn't either doesn't go far enough or goes too far with sort of the the his character's backstory of kind of where to take that i guess Um, but at the same time, I guess the flip side of it is that having him come in and be this, you know, writer who, who young M would know. uh, I know, right? (laughs) Um, I was
1: wondering if you noticed that. Oh,
0: I mean, his name was in the credits, but I also, I also recognized him immediately. I was like, oh my God, (laughs) he's young. (laughs) So
1: young. He's like a young sergeant.
0: So, so the fact that he's. Well, it's also
1: one of those fun things where in, in terms of timeline and job, like. Yeah. He could actually just straight up be M. Like, it's totally plausible that a, that a, oh, well, except that he dies. Damn it. That always happens. Huh? He gets shot. Who? M.
0: Oh, right. I thought you meant in this movie. The, the, the character he plays in this movie doesn't get shot, does he?
1: Yeah, he does. Right at the very end. Oh. He's the one that, he's the one that the British commander guy is kneeling oh, over Oh, I did not
0: realize. I knew someone yeah. got shot. I thought that was just a rando. No, I'm
1: pretty sure it's, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's the Bernard Lee character. Oh. But if that didn't happen, or if the wound wasn't fatal, right. he could totally <laughs> have have grown up to go into British, he, for, have, for all we know, he was already in British intelligence yes, in Yes, exactly. Um... And by the 60s was in charge. <laughs>
0: Uh, but I feel like the having him be the paperback writer is is good because it's something where he's known by some people, and that obviously sets up the funny, the comic relief with the 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 very British gentleman who runs the oh God, literary club. Um, but then, but then he's also the fish out of water, and he's and he yeah. quickly alienates the the sergeant. And so, you know, it works to an extent. Is all.
1: No, and, well, and I, I like it. I like it. I mean, I was, I wasn't being one hundred percent serious when I said it. Almost frustrates me that he ends up being right. because yeah. one of the things I like so, I, I mean, of course, of course, it's. I like, I like that there ends up being the twist and the mystery and whatever. Right. Um. I ju- and he doesn't. He's not right in the way he thinks he is. Is the other thing. He thinks that someone has murdered his friend and he thinks that his friend got taken in by all these shady people and it turns out that he really accidentally stumbles on the truth um, his friend
0: is actually commanding these shady people and yeah and them. is yeah. way
1: shadier than he thinks <laughs> right um
0: okay but, so to the point but of mostly Joseph-
1: what it is is that I like I like the way his his bombastic cowboyism is really not right and like right. not the way to handle the situation
0: to the point of joseph cotton being wrong though i i do one of my other very few problems with the movie is i feel like there are a few too many reversals of where his allegiances were like on the one hand it it was good that obviously he, he was wrong about a lot of things which kept the plot interesting it'd be boring if you were right about everything um but like I kind of got a little bit of whiplash at one point where there were just these scenes in such quick succession of him either wanting to, you know, solve it. I guess this is after, mostly after he uh, discovers Harry wanting Lyon is to alive. Be- Wanting
1: to betray Harry or not to the police. Right.
0: And, like... I don't know, maybe it was just a, a convention of film at the time where maybe needing to spell it out was kind of more expected, or I don't know. I, I felt like I, I got the idea that he would be torn about this without quite so many of the, uh you know, like... So, he's he's... Suspected by all the people in the hotel of the, the the porter's murder, so he's running away from them. And then the next thing, he's helping the police. And then he tells the police he doesn't want to help them. And then the you know police take him to the hospital. And then he wants well, to help them. And then, um, uh,
1: so two things. Yeah. One, I think it's. Um, I agree. It's kind of it's kind of a lot of fast a lot of fast opinion reversals for a movie plot. Yeah. Um, but it. It does feel kind of human to me that a hu- like it hmm. like that a human would be all over the place. And the other thing is, you're getting I unless I'm remembering wrong now. Um, I think you're getting the sequence because like the first time that he actually agrees, like, okay, I will, I will help you catch him. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. He does it for a price. He does it for her. Right. Not. Not, a, I mean, he thinks that what Harry's doing is wrong, but he still likes his friend. But he's he's willing to he's willing to to do it for a price.
0: But that's also after and then he, he changes the hospital, his... isn't it? It's it's no, also no,
1: the hospital is the very last thing.
0: Really, I thought that was ah. Uh, no, maybe, remem- no, th- maybe I No, now maybe I'm remembering it wrong because I think the price is the no. Price you're, is right, you're right. You're right. right. Safe... The price is
1: her, and then. she
0: escape, and then that sets up the thing where he's in the diner, and then that sets up the final chase. Yeah, and that's
1: the final chase. Yeah, you're right. Never mind. I'm wrong.
0: Um... So, Never mind. And, anyway, Ignore me. It's it, it's a minor. But quibble. but okay. So
1: I'm so I'm wrong that I am wrong that you were wrong about the sequence. Which yeah. again, it, perhaps goes to prove your point that it's a little confusing.
0: <laughs> um, well, it wasn't confusing so much as just a little bit tiresome. I like I yeah. understood. I understood why they were doing it, and I understood at every point. You know, I, I was getting in his head and thinking about what he would be thinking. So it wasn't confusion so much. Yeah.
1: Well, just, and they were mm. also um, they were very complete. Yeah, Ch- changes of opinion too you know it like
0: it was 180 reversals each yeah, time yeah
1: and it's like it's like if he was never if he was never committed one way or the other that might have and he, when he was waffling like that might have made more sense and he was like alright I'll do this alright I won't you know? right
0: right right yeah anyway, that's fair small problem yeah. um Overall, though, as as I've said, I feel I, I feel like I always harp a bit too much on the negative stuff. I did really <laughs> love this movie. Well, I, I mean, really loved because
1: <laughs> we do have to talk about something. I mean, like let's be real. That's our true. episode, our episode <laughs> about the Bourne Identity, was super boring because it was literally just us going, "Oh my god, wasn't it so awesome? You mean super it's just so boring? Cool. It's such uh? a good movie.
0: You mean super boring? Yeah. Uh? <laughs> uh? Um, so, let's see, so we already talked about the music, we talked about the language, uh, the last thing that I have on my list is the ending, um, mm-hmm. I really loved the downer ending, I, I was so, right? I was so expecting, uh, just to, I mean, this is totally the same tradition as, like, Casablanca or something like that, it was just, like, I was so expecting...
1: Yeah, but Cas- Casablanca, like, oh... Wait, never mind. I'll let you finish your sentence first. I was
0: expecting the non Casablanca ending. I was expecting the the happy forties movie ending, where it would be like, you know, you know, oh, so you can't trust anyone anymore. Want to make out? Yay! Yeah. Credits, <laughs> or I guess A no grand credits. Speech
1: or something. Yeah. The
0: end in cursive script. You know, so the music swells. Whatever. Um, I I just I love the ambiguity. I love the the, the fact that 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 they. They don't give the closure that so many movies of this era seem to, to hew to. kind of
1: our era, a lot of them.
0: Yeah.
1: Not I, all of them, but I, feel no, like I know what you mean. I feel it's like more this, sort of,
0: this sort of ending that we see in The Third Man is more common now than yeah. it was then. So Definitely. Just, it's it's just expectations of movies from a certain time. I'm so glad. Oh, my
1: God. I think I might know uh, what movie we're watching next based on this, and it's going to be another noir, but... That's fine. Um, I'm in. <laughs> but, yeah, based on your enthusiasm for, for amb- ambiguity and particularly ending ambiguity, okay. I <laughs> I think I know what it's going to be. All right. But uh, so, that's not the next episode.
0: So, I mean... Yours well, is
1: the next episode.
0: Yes, that's that's how the format of the podcast works. <laughs> um... Any other thoughts before before we talk about
1: uh um I don't think so no. I I'm glad you liked it.
0: So am I. I'm really glad I liked it too.
1: <laughs> it's an excellent movie in my humble opinion and yours also. Yes. So what are we watching next time before we watch the movie that I just thought of?
0: Uh, so we're, we're going to be going something very unambiguous and very, um, uh, some would say, explicit uh, for, for, for the next pick. But keeping oh, with dear. the theme of Harry Lyme being a, uh, a dead man who's not really dead, we are going to be watching the couple episodes from The Walking Dead. Okay. which which you Where you... is
1: this going? <laughs> All right, yeah, I know I really need to see that because um not only is everyone super into The Walking Dead, but I live in Georgia and The Walking Dead is filmed in Georgia. Yes. So, like, everyone here is, like, super into it, and, like, Norman Reedus is, like, in Savannah sometimes, <laughs> and, like, my friends post pictures with him, and I'm like, who is that guy? And they're like, oh, my God, and they all get mad at me. So, I don't yeah. think
0: he's in these episodes, so this won't, well, this won't help. But, uh, anyway, we'll be watching the first I'll couple episodes, episodes of The, of the Walking show. Dead. <laughs> Until then, Emily, where else can we find you on the interwebs? I am
1: on Twitter, at EJReports.
0: And I'm on Twitter, at hey hey esj. This has been Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob. Bye! See ya! This has been Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob. For more, visit gvnpodcast.com.